And we are live. Hi, Aaron. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. God bless. All right. Today on the show, we welcome Aaron Lebzo from Del Taco. Del Taco, if you aren't familiar, is an American fast food restaurant chain that's been around since 1964, specializing in American-style Mexican cuisine, as well as American foods such as burgers, fries, and shakes. Because, you know, why doesn't everybody serve tacos with French fries? I still can't figure this out. Uh, Aaron is the Vice President of Marketing Technology, having formerly spent time being a Master of Marketing at many businesses, including Freebirds Burritos and Marcus Hotel and Resorts. Fun fact, Aaron is a ballroom dancer for fun on the side. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. I- I'm super excited for you to to, uh, to join. I chased you for a while on this, so thank you for saying yes. <laughs> of course. God bless. What's your favorite thing on the menu at Del Taco? So I really like our stuffed quesadilla tacos right now. Um, I mean, it's two meals in one, really. It's a quesadilla and a taco, but they are absolutely delicious. And each time I try one, I want more. And even though I know I shouldn't, they're so, so good. Are you more of a drive through person or do you go in and dine? Uh, I'm a drive through person or I also like delivery too. Um, the laziness in me would rather have uh-huh. someone just bring it straight to me. It, it is 10 a.m. where I am, and I would like everybody who's watching this now or listening to it later know that I already pre-ordered my lunch for delivery three <laughs> hours from now. So <laughs> I, I, know how, I know how busy I'm going to be, and I know exactly <laughs> what I want for lunch today. Unfortunately, it would have been Del Taco, but there's not one near me. So, yeah. Aaron, we are on a mission with this show to do one thing and talk about how uh, you successfully market at the local level. So, look, you could buy an ad at the Super Bowl. I don't know if Del Taco does that. Uh, you know, or you, you could place national ads in Time Magazine. Is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, but really what we want to talk about is how do you actually successfully market at the location level? Because every location is its own business. Every location right. has its own audience, its own customers, its own guests. And so we're trying to figure that one out. So no rules, no, no plot here. How do you successfully market at the local level? Um, we've been doing that for years with digital marketing, right? So <clears throat> once digital marketing came on... Uh, the landscape years and years ago, we quickly realized as marketers that we had a lot more flexibility to to market at a local level, right, with geofencing or geotargeting, and then um, have grown from there and been able to do a lot of things with that. So I think any type of digital marketing is really local level marketing at this point. I, I would agree. Let's talk about geofencing. What are you doing for geofencing? I think when you well, anytime you can put a fence around your locations and target them. Now, in past lives, I've done things where you conquest other locations. Now, they're not going to do as well as when you go just around your trade area. Um, but there's a lot of fun stuff that you can do with it. I worked with an arena one time that we um, geofenced certain restaurants that we knew people would go to prior to coming to that arena days before, right? So um, again, for an awareness play, but it just depends. For for tacos, same thing. We have a trade area just like everybody else does. And we know that how often someone's going to come in and out of that restaurant space. And we want to make sure we're top of mind. So making sure those messages get to them. When, when you think about a trade area, do you align that to something like your delivery zone? It can be. And it can also change based on urban or suburban locations, right? So like how often, how far someone wants to drive, right? New York City, you're not, your trade area is very, very, very tight because people aren't going very far. Um, But in more of a suburban area, they might be willing to drive up to 10 miles, 15 miles. So uh, we really look at it and break it up based on the type of location that it's in. 
Awesome. Let, let's talk about tactics on geofencing. Now, do, do you do that internally? Do you have software to use? Do you have a partner? Like, how do you execute it? We work with our um, media agency and uh, work very closely as partnership in that uh, for all media, including geo, geo tracking and geofencing. Cool. And then I, I assume you're serving people an ad that walk into your fence. Is that how that works? Yes. Okay. And where do they see that ad? You could see an ad like that uh, in an app and it, there's different uh, companies that do this. So you can buy it where it's all in certain apps, like your um, words with friends type app or all the fans, the, the really exciting ones right now. Um, or it could be when they're browsing the internet. Um, it can also be, uh, and it's not something that we're currently doing, but something where you're targeting with beacon technology and serving them up an SMS based on, when they come into that territory um, or push notification. We saw Walgreens test that very successfully a few years ago. Uh, I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was something that they were testing. Oh man, as a former Yexter, I remember Beacon Technology. I didn't know yeah. that was still being used. That's awesome. It is still being used. <laughs> uh, all right, so you're, so you're geofencing, right? We're serving up <laughs> ads. What kind of ads work in geofencing? Is it something that like gets somebody to take an action like on the spot? Is it an action later? Is it sign yeah. up for a list? Like how does how do you think about that? It's both depending on where your fence is, right? So um, it can be brand awareness. It can truly be like, hey, remember, we're right here. We're right around the corner. Um, sometimes it can make them take an action. For instance, when you think of like ways and you're driving back and forth, right? I know exactly where your drive pattern is. And I want to make sure that you know that in this shopping center in the back corner, that's where the Del Taco is and that ad pops up. While that might ma not make them immediately turn right then, it definitely tells them for the future, like, hey, this Del Taco is right around the corner for you. And they start to plan on that or they go, oh, I didn't know it was right around the corner from me. Right. That's awesome. So are you for, for a geofencing campaign, are you or you or your agency, are they going and building a specific campaign for each location? Like, that sounds like a headache. Like, how does that get worked out? No, I would suggest that the best way to do that is to break it into segments, right? So you have the suburban versus urban, and then you can just layer on the fence you want to put around it. So you could say, all right, everybody in this zip code or everybody in this county, or yeah. I guess you'd have yeah. to have a, a decent concentration of locations at that point. Exactly. That is awesome. All right. Geofencing. Got to get into that. What else? What else? Were, let's talk about new customer acquisition. What are yeah. you doing for new customer acquisition, again, at the local level? So on the local level, um, making sure all of our listings are accurate, right? That's SEO 101. It's making sure your Google My Businesses are accurate, that when people are searching for, <clears throat> you know, tacos near me, right? Uh, it sounds very, very simple and very, very basic, but that's exactly what it is, Right because people do search for that. We are simple creatures by nature. We type in tacos near me, Mexican near me. We want to make sure we excel and float to the top. That in in the olden days, we just called it SEO. Now we call it like the Google My Business and the listings and all of that. And so making sure they're accurate, making sure your hours are up to date, making sure that it's clear what is coming across, um, even what pictures are being shown. And you'd be surprised how many people I chat with now that will tell me, oh, I didn't know that was still important. Well, yeah, like, I mean, Google still owns the world, right? Like, of course, it still floats to the top. It's still the first listing you see. You want to make sure that's accurate. And Lord willing, make sure that your 
coordinates and where your location is saying it is, is actually accurate. Um, also surprising how many times uh, you'll find a location where it'll say like, it's over here on this corner and it's actually on the other corner. Oh my God. I can't tell you how many times I've like opened up ways, put in a location into ways and it's like on a, it's on a, like a highway, a bi-directional highway with a, a median yeah. and it's, I'm on the wrong side. Oh my yeah. God. It makes me so it's infuriating. Angry. It's infuriating. <laughs> and what are the chances that you're like, yes, I do want to cross traffic and get over there. Like you kind of just go, all right, well, what's on this side of the street now? Right. So they've just lost a customer for a basic, basic thing, like making sure your location listing is correct. Yeah, if you're listening to this Panera, that's why I went to Five Guys. All right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> route, route 17 in East Rutherford, New Jersey, or Carlstadt, if you want to figure that one out. Anyway, God bless. <laughs> All right, so look, you, you and I actually met through the world of listings, and I'm clearly an advocate, and you clearly are. Is it a surprise to you that like brands do not understand the, the validity and importance of local search? Like, Are you shocked by that still? I am. but um, I am because <clears> – but I guess – I am and I'm not. I'm not because there aren't people like banging down the door other than like you in this conversation <laughs> um, saying like it's important still, right? It's almost like it's not hot and trendy. It stayed the same. The importance has always been the same, but because it's not, you know, fancy or um, easy, people don't take it as seriously. Even though when you look at those analytics, when you get your Google My Business analytics and like that's the first thing I would tell when someone tells me that they just started their own business, whether I don't care if you just started a restaurant or a hair studio or what you started. My first question is, what are your Google My Business Analytics tell you? How many people are searching for you? How many people are clicking to call? Those are very simple analytics to look at as a small business owner that quickly tell you what your lay of the land and what your opportunity is. So yeah, I would say that while I'm not shocked because it's not the sexy thing out there. Um, it is so important and people need to look at it and go, all right, how am I controlling this? When am I checking it? Um, and it's not just a set it and forget it thing. Yeah. So, so you got people out there worrying about what they're going to do with their, their NFT strategy or on TikTok, And you're like, <laughs> um, people can't find you on Google. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Amen. Yeah. When, when I get into that conversation with a restaurant brand, I'm like, have you looked at your Google analytics lately? And, you know, they'll, they'll say yes or no. And I'll be like, okay, what's the number one source of traffic to your website? They'd be like, Google. I'm like, so it's not important? Like, I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't get that. Like, or what's number two? Yelp. Oh, so that's not important to you? Like, ridiculous. Or they just say, well, I run Google ads. And I'm like, what does that mean to you? Like, <laughs> what are you running? What is, what do, what's going on? So, um, it, it is almost one of those scary behemoths where people just get scared, scared to touch it, right? They're just like, well, I'm on the Google, so it's fine, right? And especially as a, when I talk to small business owners, that's the biggest thing I hear is, um, well, I'm on Google. Well, no, 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 there's a strategy here. Like you have to have a strategy. Yeah. And so, you know, it, I mean, you, we're preaching to, the, to our own choir here, but yeah. it doesn't matter whether you have one location or thousands of locations, mm -hmm. like Google is local search is how people find restaurants. I think the stat yeah. is like 66% of customers use Google or Yelp to get to the restaurant. So like mm -hmm. if you're not prioritizing it, anyway, you and I can probably, probably go deep on that forever. <laughs> we actually have some audience questions here. So I'm going to bring this up. My, my buddy Skip Kimple here is asking, uh, are you using any AI to market against your customer database? 
That's a good question, Skip. It's something that we're constantly staying on top of and looking into. Um, I can't say that it's something we're actively using currently, uh, but it is something that we're constantly researching and paying attention to right now because I believe personally that it is where we're going to see the world go is even more AI infrastructure. For sure. All right. Well, let's let's talk. Let's go down that road for a second. Let's talk customer database. I'm sure every brand on the planet sends newsletters like batch it, send it and forget it. Right. What are you what are you doing again at the local level or even at the customer level with your with your database marketing? Yeah. So you started today saying everybody, every location is its own location. Right. Like everybody has its own stakeholders. And that's 100 percent true, whether you're in a franchise concept, a corporate concept, whatever it might be, every location has its own feelings about what works and what doesn't around them, right? Um, I will tell you from a database standpoint, growing your database, growing your first party data is always going to be important. It was important before they announced cookies were going away. It's always been important. Cookie, they announced cookies are going away a couple years ago and everybody went, oh my God, you guys need first party data. And we're like, we've all, like, that's always been a thing. So still important. How do we use it? Well, we allow our, our our teams at the restaurant level to be able to activate on it. And so it's, I mean, we're a bigger concept. And so being able to build an infrastructure that we've built so that at a franchise level, at a group level, however they want to group it together, they can activate campaigns is really important. And you see that across not just restaurant, but all industries as it relates to as they grow, you still need to be able to activate locally. Whether it's like you were saying newsletter, it could be just being able to get a special offer out. It could be that you're doing a um, fundraiser for the school near you, whatever it might be, you need to be able to activate that on a local level. That is done through the infrastructure built so that each franchisee can then take it and run with it. Okay, so let's walk through a scenario here. So I'm assuming that uh, customers in your database somehow are tagged to a location or a zip yes. code or some. You have some way of seg segmenting them by that. Mm -hmm. And then is corporate sending localized emails to those people? Is it the owner of the location? Like, how do you do that? It's both. Um, so it can be corporate. Like, we obviously have the ability to do that. Um, but we want to empower our franchisees, our teams, our corporate locations to do that as well. Our field marketing managers, um, they should all be empowered to be able to have that ability because at the end of the day, there's only so many people sitting at the corporate level going, well, we can do this and they want access to it. They want to be able to see their their people that they can send to. And again, not just for Del Taco, but for any restaurant I've worked in, this is something that's very important is making sure that we can activate on a local level that database whether it's locations, multiple locations that they're tagged in. Um, also being able to track, they might say like, this is my favorite location that's near their house, let's say. But we see that they're always going to this location that we can only assume is near their work because they go there Monday through Friday, right? So making some kind of probabilistic versus deterministic data decisions. Got that. All right. So... So your lists are segmented by location. Are they segmented by like customer habits and preferences as well? Not just where they are, not just location preferences. Yeah. So we, I mean, it's funny because people go, what can be personalized about tacos? And you're like, 
everything. We all order them differently, right? Like the way I like my tacos and how many I want and how many different types and what sauce I put on, very different than the way you order tacos. So we do look at all of that and um, work to look at what offers make sense for that customer versus let's pretend, I mean, very basic level, someone's a vegan. They want are a, a vegan taco or a meatless taco, or they just want like a, a bean roll up or a rice or a cheese roll up, right? Something very simple. Um, we can do that. We can see what they've ordered and then target them based on what they've ordered versus sending everybody the same offer. Uh, again, <laughs> tacos, they're like, why is that personalized? It is. And I think when people think about personalization, they think about retail often they think about um, other industries but they don't think so much the restaurant industry and I will tell you there is a concept that I am part of their SMS uh, group on for it's a casual dining restaurant and they always send me a morning dessert offer and like once or twice a week I get a text that says like you get a free dessert at like 8 a.m and I'm like first of all there's so many things wrong with that one I've never come to your restaurant and ordered dessert but like so you should try it for maybe for a minute, but like if I have never done it, that's an offer is not working for me. Two, it's at 8 a.m. That's when I have self-control. Um, send me this <laughs> offer at like three or four in the afternoon when I'm like, I do want a free dessert. Like that's great <laughs> dinner planning. So like I just look at offers like that and think like, where's the thought process behind when and why you're sending something to a customer? And then I always wonder, is this working for someone, right? Is it cannibalizing the sales that they were already going to get off dessert because they're just mass sending it to everyone? Well, That's not Del Taco, by the way. Amen. First of all, if you want to open your database and open my profile, if you just send me emails that are about Del Scorcho, you'll win. Like that's, I'm good <laughs> enough there. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if you have that segmenting on my personal account yet, but we'll, we'll, besides that. Um, okay. So being able to segment based on customer preferences, I ordered during the day part, I only order this item, I have these menu prep, whatever. Okay. To me, that still feels like I have to batch and blast. Like, oh, uh, we want to drive sales of our vegan customers this week. So put together an email, blah, 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 right? I'm assuming you have some level of automation that's more sophisticated than that. Yeah. We do. Um, so definitely like from a machine learning standpoint, the ability to to set it up and trigger it based on what we've built. Uh, and off. Okay. So many people tell me, well, I can't afford to do that, right? Like I only have 10 locations, 20 locations. It's not feasible. There are tools out there that you can use to help you with this. But like at a basic level, you're building a trigger based off of what is a SQL query, right? If I do this, then send this. If they do this, then send this, right? That's all you're doing at a very basic level. So you can find different ways to, I don't want to say like Jimmy rig it or like work around it, but there are ways to get around having to, because I, I, again, I talk, I've i talked to smaller restaurant concepts where they'll go, well, we can't afford to do stuff like that. Well, you can, you just have to be flexible and willing to put in the upfront work so that the triggers work in the future, right? I got that. I, I talked to obviously a lot of independent operators who are like, oh, we couldn't have the level of sophistication that had, like a Del Taco has. I was like, well, you don't necessarily need it, right? right. Like to me, it's like, look, you, you have the ability to get sophisticated. You have the ability to go deep. You have the ability to do these things, right? But if I'm a local or you know an independent operator or a small growing multi-unit, like 
is it email every Tuesday morning good enough? Well, it's better than no email. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, if you could have like a welcome flow, a lapse flow, a happy birthday email mm. and a weekly newsletter, like you're kind of covering a lot of distance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of the basic um, POS systems out there now come with a lot of those trigger campaigns that you can set up. So sometimes it's just asking the right questions to your, like when you are a smaller business owner. God bless. Do you, do you want to reveal which email marketing or AI tools you're using? Or <laughs> I can't do that. All right. God bless. You're free to, like I said, you're free to talk about whatever. You want. All right. Uh, so e email, all right, I'm going to assume this. What are the top three channels you use for retention? Mm -hmm. um, well, we have a rewards program. So that's important um, because it does create a sense of loyalty. It's Delia Rewards. It launched in September, um, late September. It's doing great. It's Del Taco's first ever rewards program. And not only do you earn points, but you level up in tiers. So we want to reward you based off how often you come and what you order and be able to make sure those offers back to you are personalized. And then the points that you earn, you can redeem for whatever, which <clears throat> if you recall, a lot of restaurant concepts, you only had a couple things to redeem for, right? Up until about a year ago, um, Chipotle, which I love Chipotle as well, that you could only redeem for like a burrito or a taco. Like that's it. And then they added more stuff and people are like, oh man, I can redeem for everything. We built this so that you could redeem for what you love. And we weren't forcing you to only have one or two options. Um, and then that'll continue to be built out, which helps with the stickiness. It helps with the retention of the guests. Outside of that, it is email. It is SMS. It's things that like keep us top of mind. They are own channels, which are great. And then of course, just like everybody else, it's that retargeting group of like, hey, we know that you've been with us. We see the foot traffic coming through the door. Let's go make sure that they remember to come back to us, right? Because how often, I mean, if you're like me, I sit down and I go, what are we doing for dinner tonight? What am I doing <laughs> for lunch? And like like you said, you ordered it three hours ago. I will wait until the last minute and be like, I'm hungry. And then I'm literally having, I've lived in this house for X amount of years, but I'm literally having to go, well, what's around here? <laughs> and uh, I, like, I have amnesia as to where I've ever had dinner before. So it's things like that of just staying top of mind and reminding guests that like, hey, we're here, we're here for you. And we serve really, really great food. Amen. I will agree to that one. Okay. Let, we just talked about retention and like, you're talking about get, you're basically talking about leveraging customer data. You have your data. Let's, let's use as many channels as we can to market it. What about acquisition? What are your top channels or, or, or moves for acquisition? New yeah, guests, that, that is. <clears throat> that's still our media and our media agency that partners with us is very, um, they do a great job of focusing on going after that, that QSR customer, right? There's a lot, and we're, I mean, we're all doing it in the industry, right? Like there's, it's not a secret. We're all going after the QSR customer, right? Because not everybody does eat QSR food. Um, now we are a bit different because we are QSR plus, which means that our food is like, like our guacamole is made fresh in our restaurants. That's phenomenal. You don't see that everywhere. Yeah, it's really good. It's really fresh. Um, and so being able to have that freshness, that quality at the value level, we just launched a, um, our CMO led the charge on launching a 20 under two menu, which is great during a time where, as you know, the world is changing around us and we're able to bring so much value at a fresh quality level is great. So really 
the acquisition comes from driving awareness through the media channels to people who may not know what we have to offer. So I'm going to say that in two words. So paid ads. <laughs> yes. yes. Awesome. <laughs> yes. I love it. I agree that everything agreed on everything else you said, but paid ads. Mm-hmm. Is what yeah. are there any, any other top channels for act new guest acquisition? Um, well, like, no, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there's about, something I'm what about, what about third-party delivery service? Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, we do delivery just like your bay does delivery. Uh, they are new. They're new customer and retaining. So they fall in both categories, right? Uh, and that could be any of those big delivery service providers out there. And just because someone... They may have never ordered from Del Taco, but they also may have come to Del Taco before, but now they want it for delivery. I got it. Um, do you care at all about third to first party conversion? Like, is that a priority for you? Um, would I love the delivery service providers to hand over all the data and go, here you go. Like, yeah, no, not going to happen. So it's important that we provide a quality experience. It is important that we want people to continue to order Would I love all those guests to come to me direct? Yes, it's not going to happen. So I treat them as very different channels, right? Like if someone orders delivery through our app, it's not the same customer who's ordering delivery through DoorDash. And it's important to realize that and understand that. But thinking that that our team could pick up all the people from like a DoorDash or an Uber Eats and go, you know what? We want them all to come direct and now they're going to do that. It's not realistic to think that so they have to be different the marketing has to be different on both of them as well so are you are, are you are, is there any attempt to convert or you just let it be what it is we let people know that we'd prefer that like come direct right it's easy to come direct it's the same way that um when i worked in hospitality and hotels for a long time we there was expedia right and you could book on expedia and we needed expedia expedia drove a lot of revenue and we'd tell them like no you want to book this hotel direct. It's better if you book direct. And you see that oftentimes when you go <clears throat> go to a hotel website, it'll say book direct and get free Wi-Fi or whatever. People still book on Expedia. So while there is an attempt, does it change the world? No. Do you maybe convert a few? Yes. An Expedia customer is an Expedia customer. I was I couldn't get them all to come to the hotel direct, but at the end, they still stayed at the hotel. And that same in the restaurant. A DoorDash customer can often, or an Uber Eats customer can often be an Uber Eats or DoorDash customer. Do I attempt to ask them to like, hey, you should come, you should come buy your tacos from me. Just like, we don't need them. You can come to me directly. Absolutely. Will it happen? Not necessarily. But at the end of the day, they're still eating our great food. God bless. Uh, I can't wait till delivery can come to New York City. Anyway, all right. So I'm going to give you a scenario. All right, you got a okay. store, maybe a small group of stores in wherever, and they mm-hmm. call up and they're like, "Yo, Aaron, uh, we're suffering like a crazy dip in business, and not because of a pandemic, uh, but they're like, we really need some help. We're really struggling. What's like one or two moves that you can pull out of the magic hat for that, you know, that that location or group of locations?" Um, we're really struggling and one or two moves. I would say if I boiled it down very quickly and said like, you need to activate now it's boots on the ground. Let's look at your trade area. Where can you like, I mean, you're talking about like immediate change. That's your field marketing 101. Get out there and get moving, right? Who's around you? Who needs your food right now? Um, whether that's literally 
door to door or virtually door to door, right? And then the second thing is your listings. Like that's going to help drive it. You can um, boost those listings. Anything you need to do to pop to the top um, is important. If I kept going down that rabbit hole, I'd say, look at your delivery service providers, look at the sponsored listings. How are you funneling to the top? You need that awareness if you're struggling. Got it. So you're saying you, you would spend some money on ads. I would absolutely right? spend some money. Whether that's inside of a DSP or doing some Google search yeah. or. And I will tell you, I've, again, I've done this for a long, long time. Marketing often gets cut when people are struggling. They go, we'll, we're going to cut it that's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. And I never understood it because like, okay, we're not doing well. So let's stop telling people we're here. No, like if anything, that's when you heavy up, right? You need people to know you're there. You need them to, to surround you. So um, it's always interesting to me when I look at or have in the past looked at struggling businesses and I go, what are you doing for marketing? And they're like, well, we had to cut that okay, well, like how long before you close then? Like what, if nobody's coming to your restaurant because they don't know about you, not telling more people about you is not going to help. Amen. I was going to ask you to wrap here with one piece of advice, but I think you just gave it, which was <laughs> spend money on marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out awesome. we, we do something. Some some days as marketers, we can actually drive some revenue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just say one marketer to marketer, we can completely agree on this. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, well, Aaron Lovezo from Del Taco, I'm super grateful. We've known each other for a long time. I'm super grateful we got to do this together. So thank you for for joining on here. Uh, I'll give you this though. Any last piece of advice outside this that you would give to any person working in marketing or operations? Ask lots of questions because it changes every day. So continue asking questions. Be um, don't expect that a vendor or a partner is going to come to you and just be open and honest and tell you how their technology works. Find out, learn, 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 and that'll make you a better marketer. I love that. Thank you. Aaron from Del Taco, if anybody asks questions, can they just hit you up on LinkedIn? Is that the best way Absolutely. to get you? Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, I can't wait to connect again in real life and I'm now starving. So thank you. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Thank you. Make it a great thank day. Thank you. Today.